So the other day I'm flipping channels and I come to a discussion between several investors, large multi-million dollar investment houses, and they're talking about uh, the recent uh, story that's going on with who's gonna buy TikTok. Uh, TikTok is a social media app uh, that is owned by the Chinese that the American government has accused of being uh, a, uh, a pawn of the Chinese Communist Party and getting all the information on American citizens and sending it back to China and has told TikTok they're going to be shut down unless they can find an American company to buy them. So there's this scrambling going on right now on who's going to buy TikTok. And they were talking about the investors about well, should we invest in the company that's going to buy TikTok? And they got to one guy, and he just lost it. He just went off. He started talking about, listen, he said, what in the world is TikTok but a bunch of teenagers making movies for each other? Nobody's making anything. Our whole society now is about who can grab somebody's attention for 15 seconds, one minute, and how many followers can I get? And now we judge our success by how many followers we have on a social media platform. We don't make anything. We don't build anything. We don't leave anything that's worth leaving. We are only focused now on 15 seconds of fame. Well, social media wasn't an issue for Paul. But Paul has some serious instructions to Timothy about how much time he is to spend on those things that do not matter eternally. His words to Timothy are good words to us. Stand now with me. I know you may be at home. You may be with other friends in a small group. It's okay. Do it anyway. It's still God's word, and it still deserves that kind of respect. So stand with me and listen now as we continue in Paul's letter to Timothy. Remind them of these things charging them before God not to fight about words. This is in no way profitable and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. But avoid irrelevant, empty speech, for this will produce an even greater measure of godlessness. And their word, well, it was spread among you like gangrene. Hymenaeus and Philetus are among them. They have deviated from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place and overturning the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, having this as its inscription, the Lord knows who are his. And everyone who names the name of the Lord must turn away from unrighteousness. Now in a large house, there is not only gold and silver bowls, but also those of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. So if anyone purifies himself from anything dishonorable, he will be a special instrument set apart, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee youthful passions, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace among those who call upon the Lord from a pure heart, but reject foolishness and ignorant disputes, knowing that they always breed quarrels. The Lord's slave must not quarrel, 
but be gentle to everyone, able to teach and be patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance and lead them to knowledge of the truth. Then they may come to their senses and escape the devil's trap, having been captured by him to do his will. That they may come to their senses and escape the devil's trap and doing his will. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. Fill us with all that you are, pushing out everything in us that is not you. And then, may we be ready with gentleness, truthfulness, faithfulness. Be able to lead those who have been deceived by Satan. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Again, this is a letter that we would not expect. Paul is instructing Timothy in how to be a better pastor uh, to the people in Ephesus. He's encouraging Timothy to step on out, be bold in his leadership. But here, Paul addresses a very serious issue. It is the issue of playing word games, uh, arguing about the meaning of things and trying to one-up each other. And no one has taken this now to some kind of new level than we have. It's called social media. And you don't have to be on there very long before you will hear someone quoting someone and then taking that person apart. You would think the safe place would be the church, but it's not. Uh, There are people who challenge other pastors and other ministers, and they will say, I heard him say this. I saw her write this. Name anybody that you think is a good writer, good scholar, good preacher, and there's a website that is dedicated to their destruction, claiming that they have left the truth. And the truth is always defined by somebody else's experience. It is a terrible witness to the world. But look at what Paul says. Paul says, don't. Now, you would think Paul would say, pray about this and let Jesus make you strong enough that you don't have to do this. No, that's not what he says. He says, don't do this. Flee youthful passions. Don't get hung up in word games that don't mean anything. The only thing you do is you frustrate the church and you lead them to live more and more. Did you see the word? Godless lives. Jesus has told us what's on the final. A guy asked him for us. Remember the story? A lawyer walks up to Jesus when they're debating all of this stuff and he asked Jesus this famous question, What is the greatest commandment? You know what that question meant. Yeah, you've been in school. I've been in school. The only thing that matters is find out what's on the final. And this poor man is saying, Jesus, there are hundreds of commands and hundreds of laws. What are the ones you're really going to be focused on? And Jesus said, there's two. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's it. 
The prophets and the law hinge on these two great commandments. Now notice what's not in there. Being right is not in there. Sometimes you, t- you talk to a bunch of Christians and they'll be debating some fine point of theology and you would think that they get extra points in heaven if they are right. Paul warned in 1 Corinthians 13 that you can speak with the tongues of angels. You can have all knowledge. But if you do not have love, then you are nothing. Now, while you're going through your life going, okay, here are the things that I do not want in my life, and you are pushing them out. Okay, now remember, our focus as a disciple is the person of Jesus Christ. We study him, we watch him, we compare our lives to Christ and only to Christ, not anybody else. We look solely at Jesus. If there's something in Jesus' life that is not in my life, then I want to add that. The same way, if there's something in my life that is not in Jesus' life, I want to get rid of it. It doesn't take prayer. It doesn't take spiritual gifts. It takes action. These are the things that I am no longer going to do. There are some places a believer, a follower of Christ, simply doesn't go. There are some, some things that a believer in Jesus Christ simply doesn't do. The answer is no. Right after we had moved to Brentwood Baptist Church, I walked in at the beginning of one service, and I saw one of my sons sitting on the very back pew. And he was sitting back there with four girls, my son, Four girls. So I walked up to my son and I said, I'm seeing your future. It involves restriction. It involves never leaving the house for days on end. And then I looked at him and I said, son, you're just in a place where you can't succeed. There are places where a believer of Jesus Christ cannot be faithful, don't go there. Don't think about it. Don't pray about it. Don't talk to your group about it. Don't go there. There are words that are not helpful to someone who is following Christ. We don't say them. But Mike, I have freedom. I have rights. You gave up your rights. I gave up my rights When I decided to follow Jesus Christ, remember, Paul tells the Corinthians, you are not your own. You have been bought. Everything I say reflects the reality of Jesus Christ. Everything I do reflects back on the person of Jesus Christ. I do not have the freedom anymore to make those decisions. I belong to Jesus Christ. So does every disciple. That's why Paul tells Timothy to study and show yourself approved. Again, the emphasis is on the intensity of the engagement. 
Just don't read the Bible. Study it. Chew it slowly. You know, that's the, that's the, the meditation of Scripture. You chew it slowly so that you, you get every nuance of the truth. You hold it up to the light like a beautiful diamond, and you turn it slowly so you can see the light bounce through it at every angle and admire the beauty of the text in every way that the light hits it. You study so that the work you bring to Jesus does not have to be apologized for. We've all had those moments, haven't we? When we have turned in a project of some kind and it not be our best work, it's embarrassing. Paul says, study so that when you turn in your work to Christ, you don't have to explain it. You don't have to justify it. And you're not embarrassed by it. There is a time when you and I and everyone else will stand in front of Jesus and give an account of our life. When that day comes, Paul says, let Jesus be proud of your work, a workman whose work is approved. Because here's what's at stake. Did you see it? It's right there at the end. The servant of Christ must not be quarrelsome, but will respond with gentleness and truthfulness to who? Our opponents. So the person who is in your office who is challenging you, the friend you have who's not a believer, who's always throwing these questions at you that you cannot answer, who tries purposely to trip you up. Paul says that person is kidnapped by Satan, captured by Satan, forced to do Satan's will, but if you can be gentle in your response because you have studied and your work, your life is approved and God trusts you in this moment, you can respond with gentleness with the truth of who Jesus Christ is. And Paul says, perhaps they will repent. When I was growing up, it wasn't unusual for the pastor to end the sermon with a fiery description of hell. You've heard me kind of say the joke every now and then that I would go to church and be held over hell like a marshmallow. It's not the fire that's the problem. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego walked through the fiery furnace. And how did they do it? When the king himself looked in the furnace, he said, didn't we throw three men in there? Yes, king, we did. I see four. And the fourth one looks like the son of God. If Jesus is walking with you, fire isn't the problem. It's when he's not walking with you. 
ever. It's when he says to you, I don't know who you are. Leave. And you will spend all of eternity without him. There's no darkness that can describe that moment. There's no fire that intense of that eternal loneliness of finally understanding that Jesus is never going to come for you. And your friends, my friends, are a heartbeat away from that eternity. Do everything you can so they can realize they're being held captive and Jesus has come to set them free. Perhaps they'll find repentance. Do you know what's at stake? Let's pray together. Everything that is not like you removed from our lives, everything that we lack that is you, put it there so that our work, our lives, will bring you honor. And we'll be able to talk to our opponents in gentleness and truth so they can find repentance in their way back to you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Don't kid yourself. There are few moments more serious than right now. Our nation struggles to find the truth, this truth that you and I know as the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the only story we have that gives life meaning, purpose, hope, power. And your friends, my friends, are held captive a heartbeat away from a hell that they'll never get back from. Study. Show yourself approved. Get rid of those things in your life that aren't of Christ. So Christ can trust you in that moment to help your friend find repentance. I hope this week you are burdened by understanding What's at stake? God bless you for being part of our service, and we'll see you next time.